Welcome to Advent. Christmas Day is just four weeks away. And that means for all of you that you still have time to deck all of the halls throughout your house and there's still time to purchase a gift for your favorite 30-something bearded pastor. Christmas is just around the corner and yet it seems as though we've skipped over Advent. Back in October, all of this happened when the glow of the Halloween pumpkins gave way to tinsel, inflatable lawn decorations, and garland. On top of that, the first Sunday of Advent today is also the beginning of a new church year. The church year ended last year on Christ the King Sunday. That was year B, and year C of the lectionary, or a new liturgical year, begins today, on the first Sunday of Advent. A new year brings with it new possibilities, and the glow of lights dawning a tree in your living room may add more excitement to the season. So while I've never received an Advent card, Merry or Happy Advent, may it be full of peace, hope, and joy as we await the coming of the Messiah and remember that Christ was born in the lowliest of circumstances. Our gospel reading this morning does not match the peace, hope, joy, and love we usually associate with this time of year. Advent leads up to the joy of Christmas Day a day when we recall the inbreaking of God's grace into our world in the form of flesh and blood. You know, recalling this event leaves us proclaiming joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king and heaven and nature sing. But what Jesus is talking about in our gospel reading this morning in Luke 21 seems to be anything but peace, hope, joy, and love. His words don't make me want to break out into song. His words leave me scratching my head, wondering why on earth the organizers of the lectionary would choose this reading to start Advent. I wouldn't have chose this reading. And this morning, I know many of you were anticipating a sermon that would begin to lead us towards the manger, maybe some animals lowing and shepherds watching the fields by night. But I'm sorry, it's just not in the text. This is a time where we put out the manger scenes in our homes and throughout the church and we act jolly. But Christ's words seem anything but that. Jesus is talking about signs that will come to proclaim the return of the Son of Man. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and the earth will distress among the nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. And we are in a time when we expect to hear about other signs. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. The same instrument that will point to the return of Christ is the same instrument that helped point the shepherds and the magi to the manger. Jesus spoke of power and glory in his return. He said, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And yet, Christ came into the world with humility and helplessness as an infant. Here's what Luke said at the beginning of his gospel. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them 
in the end. It seems to me that the Son of Man will return and the roles will be reversed. He will come with power and glory and we will be the ones showing humility and helplessness. Jesus told his disciples that upon his return, people will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. This is a warning to the nations, that they will be distressed and anxious, yet we see in the infant lying in the manger good news of great joy for all people. All people, not a single nation, not a single group of people, not a single person by themselves. Just like finding space in the inn, finding space in the season of Advent for the paradox that Luke seems to have created is a difficult task. This is a time of year when peace, hope, joy, and love are supposed to prevail. And yet Jesus is talking about distress, confusion, power, fear, and the shaking of the world. But the paradox of Advent, the incarnation, and the return of the crucified Savior, the parousia, is what we find. So while we look at this season of anticipating a birth, we have to also remember that Christ has already been born, and we now live as a church awaiting his return And with his return, we are awaiting the fullness of the kingdom of God to be made known to us. Our theme for Advent this year is Let All Creation Praise. Christ reminds us that when he returns, all of creation will participate. The sun, the moon, and the stars, the sea and the waves will give signal to what is happening. The return of the Son of Man will mirror his birth with celestial celebration and signs making the grand proclamation of the inbreaking of God in dramatic fashion once again to all of creation. We are living in a time between the born infant Messiah and the return of a mighty Savior. We live in a time of trial and tribulation. Just pick up a copy of this morning's New York Times or Washington Post or go on your Twitter feed and you will read about fires that devastated California, an earthquake in Alaska that still has aftershocks. You'll read about growing polarization around the world. You'll read about the reemergence of nationalism and anti-Semitism. We read about a war in Afghanistan that is continuing to fight on, a war in Yemen, and a war in Crimea. Even in a season full of peace, hope, joy, and love, Sin and death continue their alienating work. Jesus didn't sugarcoat things in the apocalyptic language he used in Luke 21. Death, destruction, and betrayal are all part of our lives, and there's no getting around it. But we are reminded by Christ that these matters are temporary, and that God's vindication carried out by Christ, the Son of Man, that vindication is coming. Jesus told his disciples that redemption was near. The prophet Jeremiah spoke during a time when it seemed the destruction of Judah was imminent. Death, betrayal, and destruction, that they were the norm. Jerusalem was under siege by the Babylonians, and it appeared Judah was being punished for turning away from God, placing their trust in an earthly king instead of the one who made a covenant to protect and deliver them. 
the prophet Isaiah said, all our righteousness, all our righteous deeds are like filthy cloth, meaning that our acts of righteousness are worthless if they don't function as a sign pointing to the redemptive power of God. It's not the things that we do. It's all a sign of God. Jeremiah was living in a chaotic time and was addressing the future of a nation that had seemed to be lost. Jeremiah reminded Judah they couldn't make things better on their own. The corruption they lived in had distorted their thinking, leading them to believe that they could be saved by their own righteousness. But friends, we know that our righteousness is not what will redeem Judah. And it's not what redeemed us in the inbreaking of divine flesh and blood into our world. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This safety will shoot forth as a branch from the line of David in the form of an infant, offering the world peace, hope, joy, and love. There's more that meets the eye in the kingdom building work God is doing. This is why Christ tells us to be on guard and alert at all times, while at the same time reminding us that our righteousness will not cause these things to come into being. And the prophet Jeremiah reminds us that the Lord is righteous, meaning Christ is the source of what is to come. It is easy in Advent to become focused on the babe in the manger, so focused that we forget Christ's promise of return and vindication. The shininess of the tinsel and the glow of the lights make it easy for us to lose focus. It's easy in our attempts to control the peace, hope, joy, and love of the season through packages from Amazon and Target, and we forget that God is in control God is holding all things in a vision that is broader and more intricate than we can either think or enact on our own. Advent is a time when we remember the kingdom of God is coming. It's not just a season for gathering with family and friends, celebrating with one another, and making new memories. Through the manger, And in the return of Christ, we see the fulfillment of a promise made to the house of Judah and the house of Israel, a promise that has already been fulfilled and not yet fully realized, a promise that will be celebrated by all of creation. Thanks be to God. Amen.